of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is Cavs head coach J.B. Bickerstaff, and you're listening to the Kenny and J.T. Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Thanks, Coach. Sorry I yelled at you last night when I was watching the game on TV <laughs> with uh, John Michael on the call Damn. of it, but I was a little upset. Isaac Okoro, take your pick. Yell at them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good game right there at the Dude. end, but unable to close. I yell at the TV all the time, too, including our yep. next guest. let's bring him on right now he's the tv voice of your cleveland cavaliers john michael joining us jay mike how are you pal i'm good that hurts jt (laughs) it's not your fault you know these games are nerve-wracking you know to say the least especially when you're watching at home it's got to be the same for you yeah i'm I'm a big fan of the blowout that goes in favor yes right those are my favorite that game against the clippers the other night was perfect as the cavs cruised and took care of business against the short-headed L.A. team. All right, let's talk about last night, Jay Mike, and we'll get to previewing uh, Thursday night's game against John Morant and Memphis a little later. Uh, let's start with the atmosphere last night. J.T. on the show uh, yesterday, and I were talking about how uh, this kind of probably is going to have a playoff feel to it, right? Because this is a team that's right behind you in the standings. You crushed them earlier this season, so they're going to be out for blood uh, and and the crowd, would they be into it? Was the atmosphere like a playoff game last night? It was. And, you know, to the crowd's credit, I mean, that building has been great. Our fans have been sensational over the last couple of seasons, and it did have that kind of a feel. I mean, the, the heat, you knew it was going to happen. I mean, they got off to a sluggish start in big part because of injuries to major pieces. They're getting healthy. They've been playing much better basketball as of late, winners of nine of their last 13. They've been shooting up the standings. Uh, you know, they're coming after the Cavs. They picked up the victory. Now they're only a game and a half behind the Cavs. The heater in sixth, the, the Cavs in fifth. But, yeah, it had that kind of a feel. And, you know, at the end, Kenny, that you know, this is – let's not forget, this is a Miami team – that was the one seed in the East last season. They had the best regular season record in the Eastern Conference, and it's virtually the same team. They've lost P.J. Tucker, but for the most part, it's the same guys. It's the same group that's weathered. They've been through the, you know, they've been through the playoff runs before it, and I think it showed down the stretch. It was an experienced team that knew what to do late in ball games. They tightened things defensively, and they picked up the win. So yeah, that was a big one. Hopefully. It's one of those games where the Cavs learn their lessons. You know, we have a uh, we're past the 50 game mark right now. I have a couple more months in the regular season, but these are the ones you hope they learn from, pick up a few things, and be able to close games like these as the season unfolds. Jay, Mike, it seems as though we've been saying that a lot lately. Can we learn from this loss? Can we learn from the Memphis Grizzlies? Can we learn anything from the New York Knicks? Did we learn anything last night? To me, it looks as though at times the offense – kind of resembles when LeBron was here. It's not moving yeah. too well. Is this a matter of personnel or coaching or maybe both? Well, you know, it's it's an interesting question. And when the Cavs – you look at those games in which the Cavs didn't finish. Over the last two or three minutes of those games, they're not getting easy baskets. And then part of that is where you are in the game, right? Things tighten yep. when you're coming down the stretch. 
But, you know, when you're going for 44 minutes and you're getting easy baskets and you're getting rollers like Jared Allen at the rim and Evan Mobley, and then suddenly that's shut off, is that something to be examined? It is. Is that something they worked on in practice today? Sure, end-of-game situations. JB talked about it after practice. So that's, yeah, I mean, is it an area that they need to work on? It is. Those, you know, those are the kind of losses that stand out, right? I mean, losses where the guys, where this team wasn't able to finish. Let's not forget, though, I mean, this team's 6-0 and in overtime, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are games that this team has closed and closed effectively. And while that hasn't happened over the last couple of weeks, the way the Cavs have wanted it to, they've shown the ability to do that. Is it a work in progress? It is. They know that. Again, I say this all the time, guys. If it's something we're noticing, it's something that the slew of coaches that they have also are noticing and that they're going to be working on. So, yeah. They, they know that they have to finish games a little better. They're not satisfied with the games that they've lost over the last couple of weeks, the ones that you pointed out and the ones that kind of stick in the gut mm-hmm. of your stomach. Uh, but it's, you know, something they're going to have to clean up. And, it's you know, again, you look at the, the experience of the teams in front of the Cavs right now in the standings and in the one behind them. In the Miami Heat, these are all experienced clubs, all teams that have been through the playoff grinder before. The Cavs are learning that. And, again, the question is, right, guys, what will they learn? How much will they improve over the next two and a half months as they prepare themselves for hopefully uh, a run in the postseason? Jay, Mike, you know a lot of times we watch these games with a football mentality that every game is a must-win situation. Now, there's 20 games left in the season. And I'm not saying last night was a must-win situation, but that was a really good test against, like you said, a really good playoff-tested team. What is the psyche of a team that loses to the Miami Heat today? Well, I think the psyche is, you know, let's go get Memphis tomorrow, you know. And and it's not easy for a young team. We hear Ricky Rubio repeat this all the time. The, the key is to not get too high and to not get okay. too low. And it's easier said than done. And a young team does tend to be volatile, you know, not just in terms of their play at times, but also in terms of how they feel. And their attitudes, and it has to be in the NBA. Put it behind you, and go get them the next time. You know, we saw what the Cavs did against Golden State, right? When Golden State was resting mm-hmm. most of their regulars, they didn't perform like they needed to. They lost that game. That's one that's going to stick in your mind. They come back the next time in a similar situation against the LA Clippers, blow them out of the water. All right, and again, it's not apples to apples necessarily, but you can see them making strides in certain areas. Again, I think a lot of people forget that this team sticks to no in overtime. When you're talking about all oh, the inability of the Cavs to close games, the Cavs have come back from more 10-point deficits to win games this season than any other team in the NBA. So there are there are numbers that trend in the Cavs' favor, and there are losses recently that don't feel very good. So is it a work in progress without question? Do they know that there are areas that they need to improve? Absolutely. And, it's, you know, the question is how well will they do that it's going to determine where they end up if they're going to be top six and guarantee themselves a playoff spot at the end of the regular season. Happy to have with us John Michael, TV voice of your Cavaliers. Follow him on Twitter at CavsJMike, and, of course, watch him on Valley Sports uh, whenever the Cavaliers play. And, J. Mike, the one thing that concerns me, and, and I noticed this yesterday and I sent it out on Twitter, and I remembered a few times earlier in the season Toronto and Milwaukee come to mind. When teams get physical with the Cavaliers or what I like to call playoff defense basketball okay when that happens it seems like it really affects Darius Garland and also some of the other younger players 
because I, it, they're not used to it. If they think it's a foul and they start complaining with the officials and then they lose the, the mental focus necessary, and that leads to stepping out of bounds, catching a pass yesterday, not inbounding the ball uh, you know, from the baseline uh, on a five-second count. Have you noticed that the more physical teams have given the Cavaliers some problems? Sure, but I also noticed that the more physical teams give everybody more problems, <laughs> you know, particularly the young teams. And I, I agree with what you said, and that's why that kind of defense wins playoff games. That's mm-hmm. why Miami – Despite the fact that they are dead last in scoring, they continue to rise up the charts because they have a top five defense that plays you physical. They're going to play you hard for 48 minutes, and if you cannot sustain that level of physicality, the 90% chance you're going to lose the game, right? And do they need to get tougher in those areas? They do, and they know it, and they know what's coming. It's not some surprise that Milwaukee comes in here and plays physical. It's not some surprise that Miami comes in and does precisely what it did you know coming into the fourth quarter i think we all knew what that fourth quarter was going to be like low scoring grind it out the team that plays defense the best and makes the fewest mistakes is going to win the game and again if we know it the Cavs know it they know that they need to get a lot better and they know that once you get a blueprint that's what teams tend to do so physical teams have success you're going to see other teams try to come in here and be physical (laughs) you ready for one tomorrow night you know, that that's a physical basketball team. Playing against the Memphis Grizzlies is no treat either in Memphis <laughs> or on the road. It's a team that certainly travels well. They have skill. They have bulk. They have physicality. And it's going to be yet another test. Do you learn from Miami? I think we're going to find out what this team has, you know, inside it a little bit tomorrow night in that game against the Grizzlies. Jay, Mike, we know Memphis wants to get out and run. If the Cavaliers had a perfect scenario, what would their game plan be? Well, the Cavs, there's a reason why the Cavs slow it down. And the reason is because the Cavs feel that they have talented bigs who help this team immensely on both ends of the floor. Now, the Cavs will also tell you in the same breath, they feel that offensively, at times, they have not gotten their big men involved enough. Thank and you. Amen. You. Last and, night, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jay yeah. Mike, but what JT was uh, saying, he's yelling at you at the TV. I'm yelling at the TV, too. Evan Mobley was the best player on the floor last night for the Cavaliers. They couldn't throw it in the ocean from three-point range, yet they shot 43-pointers, and Mobley only got, I think, 15 shots last night. And, and I'm screaming at the TV, Get it to Mobley every time down and go from there. Why don't they do that? Yeah, well, and that's where I was going. You know, that's, they know that that's what they need to do. They need to get those big men involved, but so do the other teams, right? The other teams try to take away those big men, try to force the Cavs into threes, particularly the Cavs that don't shoot the threes as well, and we see situations like we do. Again, they know they need to get those big men more involved, not just throughout the course of the game. I think, you know, like – full circle here to where we started guys in the last three minutes of game you know we see the Cavs get a lot of easy baskets throughout the course of the game and then late in games those seem to disappear they know they need to continue to do that how do you do that you you know you get the ball inside and even if it doesn't mean that those big guys are going to score once you play once you get it in low then you kick it back out make that defense move you get easier looks and the Cavs know that they haven't been particularly good at that in some of the losses over the last couple of weeks, and they need to get better. So that's, yeah, that's to get back to your question, JT, they play more slowly to get the bigs involved, not just offensively, but also to make sure they're back, make sure they're set. When the Cavs are playing half-court defense, they are really difficult to deal with, in big part because of a seven-footer in Mobley and a near seven-footer back there 
and Jared Allen. So if you can keep other teams out of transition, that's why the Cavs tend to want to play more slowly. And I know that can be frustrating for the fans. The Cavs want to run when they can pick their spots, but that's not how they operate, and it's because they want to get those big guys involved at each end. The trick now is to make sure that happens, particularly as you know we talked about on that offensive end of the floor. John Michael, our guest here on the Kenny and JT Show, talking Cavs basketball. A tough loss last night by three at home to the Heat, but no time to rest. Uh, they got to get back at it tomorrow night, 7.30. Are you guys doing the game, or is that a nationally televised game, J. Mike? No, we actually get the night off. It's the second and final time this season. Uh, it's a TNT game, so we are uh, relaxing and watching like everybody else. There you go. So everybody can check it out on TNT tomorrow night, 7.30. John Morant and company coming to town for uh, another big game. Tell us what you've seen with Ricky Rubio and how he's looking now that he's back, uh, you know, playing with this team coming off that ACL tear from last year. I talked to him just today, and he said he's on schedule. Uh, and he, you know, the, the, his kind of mental approach was prior to the All-Star break, this is almost like his preseason, right? He has a couple of weeks to try to ramp himself up. And he said his hope is by the second half after the All-Star break, that's when he's going to be able to, you know, maximally impact the game once again. Uh, you know, he's on schedule, and again, I don't think the Cavs smartly, obviously, aren't rushing this as the the second injury to that knee in his career. Uh, you know, he said he went through it before. He was a little bit younger, a lot younger, actually, at the time. He said he's managed it a little better. This time he feels, and he'll be ready to go. But we've seen, you know, the Cavs aren't going to run him out there for 25, 30 minutes. They've been cautious with his minutes. And I think he's going to be nothing but a benefit. I mean, we saw how impactful he was at the beginning of last season. If he's anywhere close to that, guys, he's going to have an impact that really matters for a bench, I'd say, that really needs him. You know, it's it's a bench where they know they need more consistency, and they haven't been the most consistent bunch of reserves this season. I think Ricky Rubio steadies that ship, and hopefully if he can get back to close to 100% on the other side of the All-Star break, it's going to be nothing but good things for this Cavs team yeah let's hope so they they could use him and then the last thing about the Cavs and then we want to pick your brain real quick uh about LeBron and what he's about to do Jay Mike uh February 9th is the trading deadline I know you're not privy to the the meetings and everything like that but you travel around the country with this team are you hearing anything from people outside of Cleveland and the cities you go to about the Cavaliers uh being active in trade talks yeah I mean we always hear that though Ken yes but you hear that all the time in mean, Cavs players and Cavs, you know, surfacing in terms of players who might be available. Let's remember, I mean, the Cavs don't have a ton of tradable assets in terms of draft picks. They have a lot of second rounders, uh, right. but you know, what you see for the most part on the floor is what you get. And, you know, my answer is always the same, Kenny, you know, Kobe Altman says he always has his feelers out. If they can make a move to improve this team, they will. Obviously, you know, if you're seeing areas where this team might need some help, they are seeing those areas as well and certainly are looking to improve the team if a trade makes sense. Also, you know, we may be looking on the waiver wire too, Ken. You know, some bigger names might get released uh, as we roll forward in this month of February, so that might be an area to pay attention to as well. So we'll see. It always seems to be the same thing, you know, as we're getting toward the trade deadline. If you can better your team, do it. The Cavs now, as we know, are in a pretty good spot. You know, they're sitting fifth in the Eastern Conference. Do they want to cement a top-six spot at the end of the regular season? They do. So, 
you know, would it surprise me if a move gets made? No, absolutely not. And I think they're, you know, keeping their eyes open to see if anything makes sense. All right, last thing, and we'll let you go. LeBron James now 89 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, and he's also number four in assists. He moved up to that spot last night, J. Mike. You've called his games. When you think back to the time that you called his games and what he's about to do, just your thoughts on LeBron. It's wild, isn't it? I mean, it it's is. wild. I mean, you can't, you've been there throughout the entire ride, both of you guys, throughout the entire ride. And just to think back, you know, from where he came and his, you know, entrance into the league and just what he's been through and the cycles and the cycles. And now watch him play in his 20th season and to see him still impact the game the way that he does is unbelievable. You know, you, you think back to it. Remember when Michael Jordan came back and he was playing with the Wizards and he had some games where he jumped up and had huge games, but a lot of the games were kind of ho-hum vanilla games. LeBron still doesn't have ho-hum vanilla games, right? I mean, ever. You know, you look at his numbers, and he's still putting up huge numbers game after game, and not just scoring numbers, assist numbers, you know, just impacting the game in so many different ways. You just said he's fourth all-time on the assist list. The guy's 6'8", 260, and he's fourth all-time on the assist list in NBA history. Yeah, it just... I, I just think the numbers speak volumes and just what he's done over these 20 seasons is, is something to marvel at. And he deserves everything he gets. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. It has been fun to watch over the last few decades and uh, good for LeBron. You know, I think we all wish him the best. All right, Jay, Mike, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the night off tomorrow night. And uh, we'll uh, check you and AC and Brad and uh, whoever else they throw there next to you, calling the games for the rest of this season uh, and, and have fun doing it. And hopefully it's a playoff season. Always fun catching up, guys. You two take care. All right, there he is. John Michael, smartest man I know. He is smartest man in America right there. And he's your uh, TV voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers.